Look around at this great city of ours. What do you see? I see a multitude of amazing people. Over the next hour, Bill Wilson and Michael Lynn White will talk to some of these amazing people about topics that interest you and give you just what you need to kick off your week with a dang on the Mr. Murfreesboro Show. Welcome to the Mr. Murphy's Bro Show right here on WGNS Radio. We are live from the studio in the heart of downtown Murfreesboro. I'm your co-host, Michael Lynn White, along with Mr. Murfreesboro himself, Bill Wilson. Hey, everybody. Okay, we want to hear from you so you can reach us tonight by calling in at 615-893-1450 or head on over to Mr. Murfreesboro's Facebook page and chat with us there. You can also listen to us online at WGNSRadio.com. So... Let's Happy Father's right. Day. Happy Father's Day. I just drove in from Mississippi, Mississippi. visiting my father. So what part of Mississippi? Oxford, Mississippi. What, so what's Mississippi has a lot of Yazoo clay, don't they? Mississippi the is God's country, okay? The roads aren't that good. Along though. with Murfreesboro, you know. <laughs> but it's a great place to It's go. a great place. Uh, so I need to give a shout out to my uh, Meredith Thomas, my partner. Meredith, we love and, you. And girlfriend's father, Dickie Thomas's birthday is today. So I want to say happy birthday, Dickie. Oh, awesome. Y'all, okay, Bill, we are going to get into our guest tonight. We have I'm two excited. very special guests. I'm excited. And I talked to a couple of people today on my drive home, on my way here, and they're so excited about our guest. I'm going to let you introduce well, the man of the hour. The gentleman to my left is keegan chamati and let me know if i'm not saying that right he's from kenya and he is a national champion let's give it up for him yay an ncaa national champion in the 3000 meters steeplechase yes. you just got back from uh oregon is it was it eugene oregon yes Eugene, Oregon. all right okay and on our other mic we we're doing a little something different in the studio tonight since we've got two guests and producer dalton might get mad at us but we have the very famous coach hall of dean hayes coach dean hayes is here he is loved he is known he is an icon that's Welcome. right Welcome, Coach. Thank you very much. I, that may be a little too much, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Only the stadium's named after you. That's you know, fine. Well, and that's a harebrained scheme I thought up, which is spring fling, so that's all right. <laughs> uh, see, he thought of spring fling. I mean, and he has some great stories. And if you know me, I love to hear people's stories. That's why I'm a journalist, I guess. I want right. to hear interesting stories, not boring ones. And Coach Hayes' stories are very interesting, and you're going to hear some tonight. That's right. That's right. So... I tell you, you're a national champion. Has your life changed any in the last since you won? Um, People are more friendly. Yes, uh, more <laughs> friendly. I got uh, to be known more by uh, people and and reconnect with uh, friends that right. we knew each other in the past. Yeah. And Coach uh, Hayes was telling me that you came to uh, MTSU from Kenya and that your older brother. Yes. Ran here. Did he run the steeplechase as well? Yes. He and what's his name? 
Festus. Festus, okay. Yes, he ran uh, stipages, I think, uh, first year only. And then I think he, he <laughs> preferred others, other, other events other than stipages. And, um, well, I want to hear, okay, first yeah. of all, for those of you out there who don't know a lot about running, I mean, this is a big deal. MTSU is known for their great track and field program. And Coach Hayes, you're just amazing and have brought so many players here. One question I asked you before we went on air was, what is steeplechase and why is it important? Well, good question, Michael. Lee. Thanks. Ken, Ken, in Kenya, the steeplechase is very important to them nationally because they've had lots of people who have have medaled in the Olympics, including champions and world record holders, etc. Uh, distance running became very important to Kenya in the 1968 Olympics. Uh, Mexico when, City, in right? Mexico City, and uh, with altitude, etc., which always, of course makes it important because it's harder to run in if you're at you know 6,000 feet and they're about 6,500. And uh, so anyway, th- things like that, but. Uh, finally became that the steeplechase was the mo- probably the most important be- event to them. They've had a number of Olympians. They've had a number of uh, medal winners uh, and world record holders in it. So, you know, that, it's, uh, that's an event that's a big one to us, just like the sprints, like the 100, is very important to the United States. And right now, our Olympic trials are going on. In fact, they're on TV tonight, so keep listening. You can watch them and listen to us, but anyway. I like it. Thanks, like Coach, it. for the plug. <laughs> exactly. But anyway, but the idea that the sprints are very big to us. You know, different countries have different events that they really like, and that happens to be, you know, ours is a sprint, theirs is a steeplechase, and so on. So uh, you're always a national hero if you can win the Olympics in and it really in any event, but in that case, in the steeplechase for Kenya. So that's where it comes from. Well, I am no runner. About six years ago, Meredith and I decided to run the – I have a cousin that lives in Atlanta, and they're big runners. And they, they have a thing. It's probably one of the largest races in the world. I think there's about 62,000 runners from all around the world. The Peachtree Classic, yep. which is a 10K. And if you've ever been to Atlanta, I think in July about – this time july it was in july i think it was around july the fourth even at eight or nine o'clock in the morning it's hot and i really didn't do much training i was on the way in riding the subway in i'm like oh lord what have i got myself into i did i did finish the race meredith came in like six thousand out of <laughs> sixty two thousand i came in twenty seven thousand uh, i mean i guess that's pretty good but uh it was a chore. <laughs> Our gays it laughing was, <laughs> at you, Bill. There was a priest on the side with some holy water. I went over there trying to drink it. Uh, he had a thing trying to bless us. Did he really and have holy water? He did have That's holy water nice. in one of those little, uh, yep. you know what I'm talking about? Yep. But uh, we made it through. Uh, what do you do? How do you train? What's your typical, if you're training for, the, uh, for a race, what's your week? How many miles do you run a day or a week? Oh. Personally, I do my miles a week, like on average of 80 miles weekly, roughly. 80 miles? Yes. Um, <laughs> that's a mirror to Chattanooga. <laughs> that's correct. But that's really what they do if they're going to be a distance runner because you got to build up your strength, etc. And so, therefore, that's what it is, yeah. Coach Hayes, tell me how you, you've been doing this for a long time. How do you get these young guys motivated and get them to do what they need to do? Well, I guess they're on scholarship, so I guess that's a motivation. But True. No, but when you, when these when they come like this, you know, and of course we've had a lot of internationals. In fact, we started with Nigeria in 1972, 
and Tommy Haynes, who's from Nashville and married a young lady from Murfreesboro, but he was a jumper for us, and he took a trip with Wheaton College from Wheaton, Illinois, and a Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and he met all these people at different countries that he was in, of which Nigeria was one of them, and he brought me back a list of names, and so we recruited some of them, and they were the first ones to come. There was three of them, and of course, we've built it since then, but uh, the thing of it is, we're getting them, especially back then when we first started, it was an opportunity for those people to get a college education, have it paid for, and of course, even now, it's it's good for them because they get to see another part of the world and see what it's like, and it broadens your horizons when you do that, just like all the countries that I've been to, uh, you know, the things that I've seen in China or Europe or whatever it is, uh, you know, in Korea, but the idea that that helps you when you know when you get a job and how you deal with people later on and things like that so it's just an opportunity and they want to take advantage of it so of course lots of them i'll admit this there's a lot of them who end up coming here and then they stay but right. you know you're supposed to go back but they they don't but um you know they become citizens in fact they had uh jonathan uh Koich, he ran he ran in the 800 meters for the united states last night and in our Olympic trials, because he's become a U.S. citizen. That's awesome. And, and, yes. and there's a bunch of them who we've had uh, who've gone in the military, and of course, uh, the military likes them because they have another language and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So that's that's an opportunity for a lot of them. I love that. And Coach Hayes, I've interviewed you before, and one of the big things that I love about you and what you do with these kids is it's about education you take your sports very seriously but you are really about them getting their degree and their education well that's a big part of it because if you want if you want if you're going to deal with them back home and their athletic associations etc they want to know that you know you're going to get them a degree and get an education so that's a that's a big part of it yeah Keegan, I'm not going to call you a kid like Michael Lynn does I'm sorry that's okay <laughs> young why did man. you choose MTSU was it because of your brother, Dean Hayes, or just the... I think uh, almost everything fall in place. My brother, and then uh, aerospace program in MTSU. And also, I think MTSU had an history of recruiting uh, people from Africa, and especially Kenya. Were you nervous so, about coming here? I know your brother had come before you, so that's probably good, but were you nervous? Not that much, because I, I had somebody there, so... It wasn't that hard, like someone with the uh, first, uh, first from his family to come to the United States or to a school in the United States. Being alone in a school, coming from uh, a country wh where there's no other person from the country, is, I think it's really difficult and nervous a little bit, but mm -hmm. for my case, it wasn't. Yeah, you that's good. Been run you. You've only been running. So you've been in the States how long? Uh, since 2015 August. so six years and you really started running before that huh I started running eight months before <laughs> I came to the United States that's just brilliant it is brilliant eight yes. months before you came here yes. in 2015 why did you start running then did you know you wanted to have this path yes I knew uh, but I enjoyed other sports when, while in high school mm -hmm. so, and um, I, I I think I had more time to concentrate in training after my school. That's the eight months was after my high school uh, graduation. Mm -hmm. that, so that's what I had uh, enough time to prepare myself. But in uh, in high school, I I would like to play other sports. And what other sports do you like? Um, 
I I liked Fallout, but I wasn't good at it then, and I, I'm not at all enough to play Fallout. Really good. Football, um, which is soccer here. Yeah, yeah. Football. It's football there. Soccer. Okay, I know. I'm you gotta like. Learn this, I know. I know. I'm getting. All right. Now ask him what it, what his major is. Yeah, I was just about to ask him that. What is your major? Um, aerospace maintenance. Wow, aerospace <laughs> maintenance. Yes. So tell us about that. Yeah, like, what us. do you want to do? Uh, I work on plants, mm-hmm. and that's what uh, my passion was. And in my home, we have a the the airport that's close to us is uh, Eldred Airport, which is. Uh, hometown mm-hmm. but we we didn't have uh, that chance to go there that much so and to see plants but uh, the route that most of the plants uh, go by is directly through our home so it was like one day I'll, I want to do something about plants so and when I got a chance to come to MTN she came I, I will not I will not hesitate taking it there's a great aerospace department at MTSU yeah, yeah. it's one of the one of the top in the country it's really great and you know what's funny is a lot of people don't even know that mtsu has it i'll give you a little history mtsu had an airport on campus yes in the 1950s i think in fact i've got an annual from it's like 52 i think and it shows where the i think it's where the the agricultural building is there was a runway and a place you could just fly in and out of wouldn't that be cool uh, to yeah. be able to get to your class, I'm on. Hey, I'm in Atlanta. I got to be in a <laughs> class at two o'clock or whatever, and just fly in. And would you like to fly? Would you like to? Uh, would you like to? Are you learning to get your license? Would you like to do that? To to uh, fly? I'd like to, but maybe in future, not now. Not right but he's now. Wor- he's working on planes, and so are you currently working, or what are you doing right now? No, I, I will. I'll, I'm going to. Uh, I'm joining my graduate school right now, uh, so I won't be working right now. But I'm coming back to school. Oh, yeah. that's right. Okay, Good so you're you. getting your degree. Okay, so I'm looking on Facebook really quick, and someone says "hello" in Kenya is how do you say "hello" in Kenya? I don't want to mispronounce it. Uh, Abari. Abari. He's this person says "sasa." Sasa is a. It's Andy Keel. Yeah. It's a. It's a slang. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Okay, I might should watch what people we, say on we Facebook. We need to I watch what you're saying. Saying <laughs> so. something bad. But you can Coach Hayes is over here laughing at me like, cut, cut. It happens every now and then. Yikes, yes. okay. I don't know it's bad, yeah, I was it gonna, How long did it take you to learn English? When, did you know any English or just broken English when you got here in 2015? Oh, we, we, we learned uh, through English, but uh, we don't normally speak English. We like to speak uh Swahili. 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 Yes. That's the language in Kenya. So yes. We don't. Most people think like Kenyan is a language, but it's not a language. That's the country only. But. But most of their teaching is in English yes. at most of the schools, so that's why. The, see, they don't have to take a TOEFL if they come from the English-speaking country. And remember, at one time Kenya was controlled by Great Britain. Uh huh. So it's yes. going to so be part of the okay. British Empire. Yeah. Okay. Well, we are going to go. To a quick break, thank you to our sponsors. You're listening to the Mr. Murfreesboro Show right here on WGNS. I'm Michael Lynn White with Bill Mr. Wilson. Murfreesboro, yeah. We'll be right back. Have you ever seen an acoustic guitar being built? 
At Gallagher Guitar Company in downtown Murfreesboro, we have trained luthiers who are building some of the finest guitars in the world. You can schedule a tour of the shop and visit our showroom on Saturdays or by appointment. Also, look for live music at our Walnut Street location on Friday and Saturdays, as well as the Old Time Music Jam every second and fourth Thursday at 6. Come check it out. Grand Slam Collectibles is your place in Murfreesboro to buy, sell, and trade sports cards, collectibles, and memorabilia. Head over to their website only at GrandSlam.com. They're located at 1254 Northwest Broad Street. You can also reach them by phone at 615-809-2362 or become one of their over 30,000 followers on Facebook at Grand Slam Collectibles 615. Has your home experienced storm damage, or do you just need a remodel? Oakstone Builders LLC is your answer. They also build custom homes. You can find them at 3173 South Church Street here in Murfreesboro, or call 931-488-5967. That's 931-488-5967. Regal Tile provides professional closing services with their decades of experience in all types of real estate transactions. They can adapt to any situation and handle it with ease. They will be responsible for safeguarding and properly distributing all transaction funds and documents. When it comes to property rights, Regal Tile will provide peace of mind that every customer deserves. You can find them at 316 West Main Street here in Murfreesboro or online at regaltitlellc.com or by phone at 615-295-8042. Hey, it's Bill. Did you know I also sell for Parks Real Estate? Meredith Thomas and I make up the Thomas Wilson team. We have over 25 years of real estate experience and have helped nearly 1,000 families buy and sell real estate here in Murfreesboro, Rutherford County, and Middle Tennessee. Why not choose us to help you and your family with all your real estate needs? Give us a call at 615-406-5872 or 615-896-4040. Or you can follow me at Mr. Murfreesboro on Facebook or Instagram. Rhonda McCrary has been in the mortgage business for 29 years. She was voted as a favorite mortgage loan officer in the 2018 and 2019 DJ Ruthie Awards, and she's a proud member of the Middle Tennessee State University 1989 graduating class. She specializes in all types of mortgage products and takes pride in going the extra mile and personally taking care of her customers. You can visit her at 1639 Medical Center Parkway, Suite 203 here in Murfreesboro. Reach her by phone, 615-419-9193, or even apply online at loansbyrhonda.com. Welcome back, everybody. Michael Lynn White, along with Bill Wilson for the Mr. Murphy's Bro Show. Hey, hey, hey. Where we have got two awesome guests. Coach Hayes, people love you. Coach Dean Hayes and our superstar runner champion. Keegan Chamadi. Keegan Chamadi. Keegan, we appreciate y'all coming in, especially at 9 o'clock on a Sunday night. Yes, thank you. Didn't get anything else to do. It's all right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Coach. Okay, so let's talk some more about... What made you win this race? Like, what do you think set you apart? I think it's a good preparation and experience that uh, I got in the years past, especially in 2019. That's what, that was my first year participating in the stupid chase, and I learned a lot. I took it as a 
learning opportunity and in 2019 I, uh, 2020 this, uh, 2021 I was more experienced than majority of the guys and I knew to prepare myself for the race so you said in 2019 what happened in 2019 that was my first time uh, uh, racing steeplechase I had not raced steeplechase before oh in, in steeple 2020 chase. was COVID y'all didn't have no, a didn't season have track outdoors. Yeah. You no no they called all spring sports off in 2020 what did you do with your athletes? Not a thing was a trouble for the most part. Really? Oh, yeah, which wasn't good. But to go back to his, by him being there in 2019, he got third, so he had experience at placing. He also had experience of being in the race, going through the, uh, the trials and the finals. So that's the kind of stuff that helps you. Uh, and do not get me wrong. It's always good. You know, if you can win a title, it's, it's fine, and I'm all for it. But... If you're underclassmen who win titles, there's a lot of different pressure the next year. I right. know because I've had that, had athletes with that. It's great for him. He won it as a senior. He's on his way out. He doesn't have to have the pressure of defending the title and everything. But he got the experience two years ago, and of course that and that that's a big plus. Just the fact that you've been in it, seen what it's like, you know what's going on, and I, you know, made them hungry for yeah, it. Yeah. And, and you can't you really can't buy that kind of experience is what it is tell me the kind of people that he's competing against oh no he's competing against people who will be in our olympic trials and mm -hmm. things like that uh when i was dealing with usa track and field we always figured about one fourth to one third of the athletes who make the team or at least at that time would be people who uh are in college or just got out and i watched some of it tonight and i watched some people who are collegians right now and they're going to make the finals you know how many of them will actually make the team i don't know but uh that is that is kind of the deal i i will say this when i really was dealing with it which was in the late 90s uh 80s and 90s you didn't have many that ran as long as they do now usa track and field has changed and now these uh athletes can make money and they can make it over a long period of time and so therefore now you have an older team but back then probably one out of every four or one out of every three would be a collegian because most of them a couple of years out and they weren't you couldn't really legally make very much money if any and so therefore they don't they, were, they wouldn't make it a long career so they could turn we, pro yeah, we really got we really got started with the pro business in 1983 when you had the first world championships which gave big money to at that time the top three which has changed now into the top eight make money but anyway in the top three and they made good money but and it, the united states uh olin castle really pushed that uh idea that you could have legally make money and so then instead of being paid under the table or whatever you want to call it mm -hmm. right and so therefore it let these people make a living and keep doing it all year long and so they could go into their 30s or before if you were more than 23 or 24 years old you were probably done running is what it was oh wow you just couldn't well you couldn't they used to have running clubs didn't they oh yeah that was a big thing back know, in the day yeah and really one of the things i pushed with olin which he he bought on and made it go instead of giving such big money to the top three we pushed because i after i watched some of these went to that first championship i said what you need to do is pay for all eight who make the finals and that way you're encouraging more and more people to keep staying in track. Right. Mm -hmm. So is there a pro, and I'm a novice at this, is there a pro league, a running league? Oh yeah, you have a diamond league. and they the make diamond money. league? Yeah, that's what they call it. But they, those are meets that are at varying places in varying countries and they pay, they pay for each place that you get, yeah. 
Wow. Oh yeah, no. I, I, even then, when I was traipsing around with them, you know, we'd go to meets and they'd give us the money, which we then split up amongst the athletes, depending on what places they got or what guarantees they had or whatever to come. And oh no, I've sat there and counted out those hundred dollar bills to give to them, but that was what their pay was for going to that meet or actually placing in it or you know whatever guarantees they had. Yeah. Right. It is such a. That's cool. It's a big deal. It's intense, but you're dealing with some serious, some serious. Oh no, there's there's serious money. I mean, you set a world record, you're going to make big money, and you're going to have a good contract with Nike, Adidas, Puma, you know, whoever it happens to be. Yeah, the great runner from Kenya. We were just talking about Kino. What made the United States? When did running really take? Was it Steve Prefontaine in Oregon that uh, helped? Yeah, he, he really encouraged it because everybody liked how competitive he was, you know, et cetera. And, they, and of course, they were successful. But uh, but at the same time, it was sprints, uh, you know, uh, was a big thing for us because uh, we've always been good in the sprints, the 100 and the 200, things like that. And uh, so there was athletes who did, you know, Jesse Owens, think what he did for mm-hmm. it in the wow. 36 Olympics when he went to Germany. Right. And, uh, you know, had to deal with Hitler, et cetera. Jesse Owens is ours, right? Yeah. Yes. Jesse it, and again, the idea of also of integration, that now the blacks could go. Uh, so, therefore, you had more of these countries. Right. You didn't have, you know, back in, back in those days, having Africans, you had literally nobody from Africa that went. Mm-hmm. Nobody from South America. It was basically European and the United States. And that was what it. it was, and that was pretty well. And you, be the most you were it, the yeah. coach that desegregated sports at MTSU is that mm-hmm. correct pretty, and tell us who it was and what year, what year was it <laughs> well uh, I came in 1965 in the fall of 65 and uh, of course I came from Chicago and so integration to me was probably a zero I guess uh, but and I was aware of it and so on but uh, Robert Mallard from Murfreesboro had come out the spring before and he was the first black athlete that Middle Tennessee had and uh, Joe Black Hayes had him he was a sprinter and uh so he was the coach before you he was a coach before me he's not my father but (laughs) has the same name as my father but he is not my father no kid and uh so anyway sometimes people have said no how's your dad well it's Mm. not really my dad (laughs) right (laughs) but anyway uh so mallard was there well anyway in the fall of course i came and I brought a, a black athlete, which was Jerry Singleton. I brought him from, from Chicago. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, anyway, uh, Vietnam was on. And so in the fall of 65, Mallard got drafted. And of course, he went to Vietnam and he never came back to school. When he got out of the military, he went to Detroit and he worked in the car factories, etc. And his daughter still lives here in Murfreesboro, Sherry Bingham. Wow. And uh, she, she was on, in fact, she was on my first women's team that I had in 1988 and uh, uh, so anyway she was on that team but anyway but that's how it really got started and uh, then the next year I brought Linnell Poole and David Wyatt both from Illinois and Ken Tricky was involved in it also because he was the basketball coach mm-hmm. and he signed Art Polk and uh, let's see was Art, it oh, and, and uh, Willie Brown and Willie, Willie Brown, Brown from yeah. Chicago, I mean from Nashville, Father Ryan, but freshmen could not play on the varsity in basketball. That was the that was the NCAA could rule. Could not do that. So the, I had the first varsity athletes because uh, freshman rule didn't apply to track. Wow. And uh, but it only applied to basketball, 
and so that's how it really got started but between uh ken and i why well, you know we pretty well integrated it all and of course like i said i had the first ones that could really play on the varsity and then it really got even though with that got it started probably the first ones who really made it popular i guess if you want to call it that was Barry McClure, who came as a triple jumper. I got him from Georgia. Mm -hmm. And he ended up winning the NCAA twice and set the NCAA record. On the triple jump. From the triple jump. And then the next year, we had Tommy Haynes. So three years in a row, we won the NCAA and set the NCAA record in the triple jump. Wow. But that really, that got a lot of coverage, thanks to Lee Sadler and the Daily News Journal. Mm -hmm. And so, therefore, that's what made that popular in the fact that we could compete in the NCAA. We all had big teams coming. I can remember as a kid, probably 12 years old, 13, maybe 14, going over to watch Herschel Walker run. Oh, yeah, Herschel Walker, Harvey Glantz. Oh, yeah, yeah. he was a great runner, too, but watching Herschel run, he's like 6'4", 240 pounds or whatever. Oh, no, he was very good, yep. But he... I'm sorry. No, go on. Well, when I did that thing with you at MTSU where all of those people came back, did I meet, um, I didn't meet. McClure was probably here in Haynes. McClure and Haynes, yes. Yeah. I thought that I met him. Yeah, yeah no, that was they really been cool. Here. And yeah. hearing their stories, and some of them had not been back on campus for yeah. 30 years. Oh, no. When you leave, I'm, you just don't come back. It's just like where I, when I went to Lake Forest College, I graduated in 59, and I came back the next year, uh, or a couple of years later, I guess, after I taught there, but I came back in uh, 60, well, all right, in the fall of 65, I brought a cross-country team up there because we ran in the NCAA at Wheaton College, and uh, I never came back there until about for probably 35 years, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I had a conflict always because I'm in a university and doing things here, so therefore I really couldn't go to another university. I don't want I mean, to put you on the spot, but what do you – what do you think it would take to get uh, attendance up, say, at football games? Or do you have – what's well, your thoughts on that? You know, there's, I guess there's a lot of things. I, at one time, when Lee Fowler was here, they did a real good job of getting those people to come that first year because you had to have a certain crowd, a certain number in the crowd. Right, the and, attendance. Uh, they really did a good job of getting that initial number. Uh, but it's just anymore. Uh, there's so much TV. I mean – how many basketball games can I see in one night? Mm-hmm. You know, how many football games can you see in one week? You know, right. there's a football game almost every night. In, but basketball, there's umpteen basketball games every night. Right. You got the pros and all that. And, of course, once you have the Titans, that makes it tough. Right. Because people want to want to go see the Titans. So right. those are the kinds of things that are a problem for it. And it's just a, anymore uh, do the students really want to go to the games. And so, therefore, they're your future fans. And so by them not going and getting interested in They in, put the beer garden in the football. You would have thought that would have done now. something. You can drink now. Well, yeah, I guess. Well, maybe but, that'll get them in. Know, well, I guess that somebody. helps a little bit. But it, it's just a matter of, you know, it, you have to have enough advertisements. You need to be in a big, bigger city probably is the idea. In other words, Nashville, you would draw more than we're a suburb of Nashville. So that make, that's good. A lot of the students would go home. They'd call on the weekend. They would go home. Oh, yeah. Thought about changing the games maybe to a Thursday night or... Well, they do some of that, and, uh, you know, we, we've had a few of those games, and they they are more popular because... Yeah. But, you know, we here we have a lot of students who have had in the past where they go work on the weekends and stuff like that, 
and so therefore that's and we don't have a uh, on campus you don't have a lot of housing i mean you have 22,000 students but how many rooms do you have on campus 3,000 mm -hmm. and so therefore by having that small number you know are they going to come back once they've gone home are they going to come back that night or the next day right and they can sit there at home and watch it on watch them on tv and things like that so there's a lot of there's a lot of problems with it but uh, s sometimes the TV games, if they think they're going to get their face on TV, was they'll come. Yeah. But right, you know, paint themselves up. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's some I of can those remember. Too. I went to college. I did graduate from '84 to '92. I don't recommend that, Keegan. <laughs> Keegan's already I graduated. I should have had a. Good. I should have been a doctor. Of course, I had a brother. Is that right. Oh, yeah. Doctor Bill. Doctor Bill. Doctor Bill. Uh, I have a brother, Mitch, who graduated in three years. A brother, David, who graduated in four years, and a sister, Debbie. I think four years. And I was there for eight years, and my, my parents and – I went through two presidents, uh, Dr. Ingram and Dr. Walker, but yep. my parents were good friends with the Ingrams, and they would play bridge. They'd play cards from time to time, and Dr. Ingram would look at my father and go, Floyd, <laughs> do you have an idea when Bill's going to graduate? Oh do, you, do you happen to know – uh, but anyway, I had a good time while I was in school. I did. I did graduate. I think I had like 400 hours attempted, but it was a – I got to know everybody very well. That's, there uh, are some of those, yes. But I can remember getting our cards pulled. That was the thing. If you got your cards pulled, yep. that means before you go to oh, yeah. register for class, if you knew somebody. Yep. They oh, can pull your cards. Early I registration. Heard about this. Oh, they yeah. pull your cards, and then you can go and they put it in this old computer and it had little holes in it, little chads, yeah. like the Chad vote from the – Florida oh, election of 2000, but <laughs> that's how, when I went to school in the 80s, you had to have a long piece of paper, and your classes were pre-programmed on there, yeah. and you had to have somebody pull your cards, or you weren't going to get those classes. Keegan's looking I'm at you old. like, I honestly don't care because like, I get online and get my classes. Keegan, wake up. He does. That is correct. Wake up. <laughs> <laughs> but that's still stressful. Anybody <laughs> listening, picking your classes, I swear. Um, okay, so question from Facebook. Steeplechase is known for its water jump. Any good stories of from the water jump? Have you been or pushed? Falling yes. in the water. Um, that's the point that I think. Uh, it's Are there fish in the water? No, I'm just kidding. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the it's the point where most people make mistakes, but I do like that point the most. Uh, you, you you can progress at the at the water jump, but you can uh, waste a lot of time inside, depending on where you jump into, like. If you are, if you are really good, if you have really good push-ups, right, you can you can save time there. But if you are bad on push-ups, you you get stuck with water. So if your feet is tired and you go deep in the uh, in the water, you uh you, you're not compete really well. How deep is the water? Four feet? Uh, Three not, feet? Not two feet? Much. It's about. Uh, it's about uh, I don't know exactly. I suppose it's maybe three feet yes. back close to where the barrier is and then it gradually comes up to nothing yes. so it's level with the track kind of you really, balance well you want to land just a few inches in the water so it absorbs some of the shock and okay. that's what you michael and do you think i could do it oh gosh bill you yes i do have those long long, <laughs> long legs i have a question okay this may be silly but hurdles yes. is okay. it scary to jump over them uh, not scary unless you hit the handle so you don't you, you'll not like it if you hit the handle why would I ask a runner who is a champion if they're scared of hurdles? That's well, probably dumb, but it scares me. And the thought of jumping, they're high. Yeah, and that's a question. Look, and the idea that when they first start, you know, if they don't have a bad experience on the hurdles or the water jump, that gives them confidence. I see. And so, therefore, you know, if it, it works out. And, and of course, the, the hurdles that you're going, you don't 
some of them will touch on top of them and push off a little bit. Most of them hurdle over them. The water jump is the one where you get, you land on top of it for the most part, and then you can end up, uh, you know, pushing yourself out towards the edge of the water. But one year at Goodwill Games, I was the coach and I watched three Kenyans. One of them used the water barrier. He stood on it and jumped out towards the edge. One of them jumped over or hurtled over the water barrier wow. and landed in the water. And one of them landed, was on top of it and he would jump clear over the water so he never got wet. <laughs> he didn't want to get wet. And they ran it three different ways. And all, they went one, two, three, of course. But that was a good well gate, Will Games, which is what Ted Turner. In Atlanta. Uh, well, yeah, he sponsored it, but we had it in New York. We had it in Seattle whatever but anyway but one year i did watch those three kenyans and i laughed because all three of them used a different technique coach i want to hear a story i've heard some of them i've stopped by his office before he's got a cool office i've never seen so many pictures i don't think i've ever seen your you need, office need to go down there. i need to it's come cool. see it now tell us a story about the olympics in uh 88 north korea i just well they were in south korea oh, i'm sorry south, south korea. korea but uh we got to go to the dmz we took the staff up there. The Merrill-Tellerizon. And, Merrill uh, and uh, so I did get to walk into North Korea. There's a place there where you can do it. So I can say I've been to North Korea. But it's a, you know, it's a tension-filled place. There isn't any two ways about it. Uh, one, of the, one of the two ranking officers that were there at that time was one of my former hurdlers, Keith Camardi. And uh, he was the number two guy at the DMZ. And uh, so anyway, he led us around and took us around and so on. But you know, you see the North Koreans, and there's two guys. That, I'll give you an example. I, there's two guys that showed up, and I said to Keith, "Who are those two? And he said, "I don't know." And I wait a minute. He said, "No, if if the Colonel or I show up, they show up. If we don't show up, they don't show up." And what separated us was a concrete block, 12 inches high, and I stood I stood closer to the guy from North Korea than I am to you right now. Wow. Oh yeah, I mean that's the way they do it. It's all for sh you know. They had a gun too, didn't they? Didn't you well, see? Well, those two didn't, but there's plenty of guns there. I mean, there's plenty of soldiers. That's what they are. But uh, no, I mean it's 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 all for show to show that you're better right. than them or Strength. they're better than you or yeah. whatever. And the the whole part of it is that you know the philosophy of basically of it is, what will you do to outdo me over nothing is what it really comes down to. I mean, that's my best description of right. it. Right. If you ever want to really see kind of what that type of communism is, go watch a movie, uh, Pork Chop Hill is the name of it. Pork Chop Hill. Yeah, Gregory Peck is in it, and what you really need is the end of it. But you should see the whole movie, and then Gregory Peck is in another one. That's Asian, what I call Asian communism, and then European communism. If you want to see what that one, Gregory Peck's in this movie also. It's called Night Passage or Night People, and it's a East German, West German type thing. Wow! And see what see what goes on in there, and that'll give you some real lessons in what it's right. Like. That is so scary, Coach Hayes. You have gone all over the place <laughs> recruiting. I'm old. These <laughs> that's a trouble. Fifty-five is what I was thinking. These uh, athletes. 55. Uh, Eighty-three. No you're way. 83, Coach Hayes, you're killing it. I'm oh, telling you. You don't look 83. I couldn't do it. No, you're... but I feel 83. So. Is that right? Oh, my god. I remember when my daddy came home from World War II. Oh, yeah. You do? Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Was he in the Pacific? or he was, was in the Pacific. He was 32 years old when the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor. My mother never forgave him for volunteering, but they all did. <laughs> he volunteered. Okay. Oh, yeah. And uh, But anyway, 32-year-olds uh, do not chase up hills, and so... They, uh, anyway, the Navy finally took him and they, he went to Iwo Jima 
Uh, he's one that came back. My cousin went to Iwo Jima, and they killed, he back. was killed in the water. He didn't come back. And uh, But anyway, he was on Mount Suribachi, and he dealt with the radar on Mount Suribachi because they had to have Iwo Jima for the bombers so that they could go bomb Tokyo and still have a place to get back to without running out of fuel. That's yeah, Nola Gay, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my wow. gosh. Wow, so, a history lesson, too. I know. I love hearing I just love this. story about um, – bringing the players to MTSU and all of the things that you've done to get them here. And they obviously trust you. I mean, but I guess you've been doing this long enough. You know what to do to bring them in. Uh, what I do you guess. promise them? The world. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the world. That's oh, my gosh. A, there's a movie about that. you got to lie to them some way is what it comes down to. Oh, my gosh. Do you think so, Keegan? What's it like working with uh, Coach Hayes? Yeah. See, he's not. Do you call you, him you Coach? You can tell us the truth. You can tell us. Do you call him, you call him oh. Coach? Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, I think it's a really nice experience working with him because uh, for the fi five years, I, I feel like you. Like, uh, he tells you new stories every other day. So oh. it's really fun. Like, you thought, like, maybe you know everything. If you go to his history, what, right. he, what he has accomplished, uh, you might run out of time reading his story. So. Hall of Famer. Yes. Right. And now here you are in that list of. He'll Champions. be in our Hall of Fame eventually. You right. have to wait 10 years, who, unfortunately. Who's a better runner here, Festus? I hate to put Festus, are you listening? Festus Coach, is who's, who's a better runner? Well, he's got faster times than Festus, <laughs> I guess, in most events. Keegan, Not all of them. Keegan. And uh, But Festus probably, of all, the, uh, of all the distance runners we've had and so on, he probably had a better range than maybe anybody we've ever had. Who? I mean, he really, Festus. Festus, okay. The range, and what do you mean yeah. by range? Well, in other what events can I run? Short ones, long ones? Etc. Festus really had good range, and that's what he could do. He's got better times, like in the steeplechase, and Festus only ran it his freshman year. He did win, won the conference, and uh, but uh, Festus ran faster in the 800 than he has, and you know, so, etc. But Festus really had had the range to do a lot of things. Yeah, right. That's really cool. Do you have any other siblings, Keegan? Yes, but uh, I was the last one, so. I'm the last one. So. He, he's How the end of the line. How, How many? many? Um, six. Six. There's six. Okay. Yeah. Are you? Do you all run? Do you have any sisters? I want to hear about your family. Um, they are teachers. My sisters are teachers. Okay. Yeah, they're older than Festus. So. And you're the youngest. Yes. And then Festus is. He's the baby. Do y'all have a little competition? You and your brother. Are you like, yeah, I beat you. Uh, some uh, no, talk trash much. a little bit, huh? Not that much, but he, he's, he's a big fan of me, uh, mostly. So. He what? He's a he's a fan of what I'm doing. So okay, good. Fun he's trash a fan talking. Yeah, he's, a, <laughs> he's proud of you. We need to learn some language, some words, some swa. How do you say it? Swahili. 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 Okay. Let's not try to learn Swahili alive okay. on air. But we'll do that after. Okay. <laughs> but you've been here since 2015. It was Kenya a peaceful nation, or were they? Civil wars or what? What was going on when you were? No, it's over. A, it's a peaceful. Country. Peaceful. Yes, that's good. Well, one thing that I thought was cool. We've got a couple more minutes before we go to our last break. But the barefoot thing. Can we talk barefoot about running? that? That you oh. were running barefoot. Um, I think most of the people in Kenya are used to walking barefoot. Uh huh. So when they first get introduced introduced to running shoes, they feel like it's heavy or they didn't they don't fit there. That they fit that uh, that well. It's mm -hmm. not so natural to them. Yeah, so they they finally hope to run with uh, barefoot and then their shoes, especially when they are first introduced to it. But when they get used to, it, they might prefer the shoe. They will eventually prefer the shoe, but 
at first barefoot. I think is it a thing to go by. So they do prefer the shoes. Oh yeah. In okay. the end, the shoes are better for them. There's no doubt. I mean, just right. like running the steeplechase, stepping up on that barrier, etc. Right. Yeah. But no, but it's that's what it was. And, you know, and shoes weren't as popular, you know, like 20 years ago and stuff like that, and or 30 years, whatever it is. So. Uh, just but now you know you're gonna see shoes on just yeah. about all of them yeah i got a question what? in kenya when you're a little boy growing up did, would you ever see lions or elephants um, like we would go out here and see a deer and not what that. would you say okay i think uh, they are in game reserves or game parks they are so like they don't antelope just, yes the antelope like those animals that are not that dangerous you can find them anyway, but the lions and the, the elephants, no, they, they can't come too close to people. Rhinoceros? No, 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 no. they don't exist. See, most of that is more <laughs> south, towards South Africa. Where's Kilimanjaro? That's not Kenya. It's in, is it? It's in Tanzania. Like Have you ever been yeah. there? Have yeah. you ever been by there? Yeah, close to. It's Kenyan-Tanzanian border. What famous, what river runs through Kenya? Um, you have we have a river, River Mara, which uh, separates... Uh, the Great uh, Serengeti and oh. Masai Mara. Great Serengeti. Yes. Mm -hmm. Serengeti. Serengeti. And Masai Mara, which is the camp reserve, and then <laughs> the river, the, the the wild beast. That's the animal. Wildebeest. Yes. They cross the river. Uh, they have seasons. Crocodile. Yeah. So the crocodiles wait for them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Sometimes I've seen yeah those crocodiles. I don't know. I, I'm, uh, if I was an animal, I'd like to be. A cheetah, because I could run from everything. Oh my gosh, we could make that a game on think? our show. We could have all what of our you? guests say, "What animal would you Coach, be?" What would you be if you were an animal? Uh, would it be a cheetah, so you could run? Well, I guess that'd be all right. But I don't know. <laughs> the elephants seem to have control of things. <laughs> the too elephant, at it. yeah. Oh, Michael, like Ann, it. what would you and then be? They can, I don't know. Oh my gosh, that's hard. What about I want to be something cuddly, like a panda. A panda. You don't have pandas. What would you no be, pandas, Keegan? <laughs> there's no. There's no. Well, you didn't I tell said, me what okay. country my animal had to be from. Okay. No, that's all right. Uh, <laughs> Keegan, what would you be if you could be an animal? Um, I just like most of the animals. but. Okay. We'll okay. Okay. let you think on that. We'll let you think on that while we go to our break. We are going to go right now. Stay tuned to Mr. Murphy's Brush Show. We'll be right back. enjoy acoustic guitars stop by the showroom at the gallagher guitar company on walnut street in murfreesboro tennessee we are open to the public every saturday from 10 until 2 and at other times by appointment we also offer educational tours of the guitar building process and be sure to check out our live music venue why go to nashville when you can hear live music in downtown murfreesboro look us up at gallagherguitar.com Grand Slam Collectibles is your place in Murfreesboro to buy, sell, and trade sports cards, collectibles, and memorabilia. Head over to their website only at GrandSlam.com. They're located at 1254 Northwest Broad Street. You can also reach them by phone at 615-809-2362 or become one of their over 30,000 followers on Facebook at Grand Slam Collectibles 615.
Has your home experienced storm damage or do you just need a remodel? Oakstone Builders LLC is your answer. They also build custom homes. You can find them at 3173 South Church Street here in Murfreesboro or call 931-488-5967. That's 931-488-5967. Regal Tile provides professional closing services with their decades of experience in all types of real estate transactions. They can adapt to any situation and handle it with ease. They will be responsible for safeguarding and properly distributing all transaction funds and documents. When it comes to property rights, Regal Tile will provide peace of mind that every customer deserves. You can find them at 316 West Main Street here in Murfreesboro or online at regaltitlellc.com or by phone at 615-295-8042. Hey, it's Bill. Did you know I also sell for Parks Real Estate? Meredith Thomas and I make up the Thomas Wilson team. We have over 25 years of real estate experience and have helped nearly 1,000 families buy and sell real estate here in Murfreesboro, Rutherford County, and Middle Tennessee. Why not choose us to help you and your family with all your real estate needs? Give us a call at 615-406-5872 or 615-896-4040. Or you can follow me at Mr. Murfreesboro on Facebook or Instagram. Rhonda McCrary has been in the mortgage business for 29 years. She was voted as a favorite mortgage loan officer in the 2018 and 2019 DJ Ruthie Awards, and she's a proud member of the Middle Tennessee State University 1989 graduating class. She specializes in all types of mortgage products and takes pride in going the extra mile and personally taking care of her customers. You can visit her at 1639 Medical Center Parkway, Suite 203 here in Murfreesboro. Reach her by phone, 615-419-9193, or even apply online at loansbyrhonda.com. Welcome back, everybody. We are on the home stretch here on the Mr. Murfreesboro Show with Bill Wilson and I'm Michael Lynn White with our guest, Keegan Chab- I don't want to mispronounce your last Bonnie. name. Chamadi. Chamadi. And Coach Dean Hayes. Okay, so on the break, we were talking about future plans for you. And I asked Keegan, was he sad that running is over? And tell me what you said. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. He said not at all. But he is in graduate school, which is awesome, and we're excited for you. And Coach Hayes, I wanted you to just tell everyone what you were telling me about, you know, things change a lot well, when you stop. Yeah, when you're in school like this, you know, you have a, you have a team, and it's a group for you to be with. Now you're going to be on your own. Uh, you don't have a team. You know, some of them get in a track club or get sponsored by Nike or Puma or whatever, but basically you're on your own. Now you don't have any, who's going to arrange all your money? Are you going to be able to make enough money? Do you have an agent? Uh, things like that. Uh, who's going to set up your travel? You know, if you're going to fly to Europe and, and really run in Europe during the summer and try to make money, etc., cetera, uh, which is where most of the money is going to be, is generally going to be in the European countries because track is much bigger there for the out of, for out of school people. And uh, of course, it, and it used to be really big for that big part of it for them there. But those are things that, you know, am I want to, what I want to do about motels or do I have right. to catch a train or am I going to catch a plane or, you know, whatever it happens to be. And uh, so those are things that now you got new details that you got to take care of unless you have an agent who's going to take care of it. I got a question for you. What was it like training or being around Brian Oldfield? What year was that? And was he like one of the, he was a shot 
hunter and one of the world's strongest men because he was on the superstars yes he was in the superstars he did all that stuff i knew him before i came here uh he went to elgin high school which is west of chicago about 60 miles in fact it's where i got in uh northern illinois is there and that's where i got my masters uh but it's by there and uh he when i came here he'd been here for two years so i had him two years afterwards although he did stay an extra year uh he was a character oh oh, yes he was a character there's no doubt uh but uh, he was very competitive he was very good when it came to you know if you took him somewhere and he was competing with the best people he was really very good right Uh, he didn't he didn't like it as much when in terms of uh just being with some joe blow team or teammates or whatever but he liked it when he was with the really good ones in terms of athletic ability i would say that he's probably the best all-around athlete that middle tennessee has ever had wow i don't care what it is because of the things that he could do and i'll give you a real simple example one of his first things ken tricky we talked about and i were standing on amg on the stage and oldfield said hey coach watch this and he ran to the other end of the floor 65 245 and kicked his foot up through the rim of the basket are you serious wow. oh yes absolutely. that was at the alumni gym alumni gym not murphy simple the no, alumni, alumni gym, gym. But that's the kind of athletic ability that he had and how strong he was and, you know, the whole bit. And he held the world's record in the shot put at one time. He was like a hippie, though. I oh, mean. oh, yeah. Oh, you know, he was, <laughs> he was full blast everything that he did. Right. Which, you know, that, some, part of that, some part of that is good and some part of it is a sure. problem. Did this that's include a, his extracurricular activities? Uh, we're not talking about that. I just okay, said darn. different ones. But well, anyway. Give me the juicy I could, scoop. I could give you some great story uh, i'll tell you one that was funny though okay good oh, here right. we go the, wa- the water tower over there by uh, a- adams uh by nhc over right there, all right the water tower that's there yes w- one day he and a shot putter that i brought in from uh pennsylvania he and buck edwards and so anyway they go over there and they climb up the water tower and so it was thirsty uh, uh-huh. <laughs> so anyway so the one of the ladies in the neighborhood saw him doing it so she called the police and so the police came and said, all right, you know, come down. And Oldfield said, nope, going to wait till you leave. And the, the police said, we can wait here as long as we need to. So anyway, so finally they came down. And so they, they took the two of them down to, down to court and they went for the judge. And of course, the judge chewed the rear end out and said, what were you trying to do? Well, we just wanted to see what Murphy's bro looked like from up there. <laughs> oh my goodness. See the whole city. That's the next hilarious. day, chain link fences went around. Are you all, serious? All the, oh, yes. And chain link fences were being built around all the water towers. I wonder if the Bra- uh, Blue Raider Athletic Association paid for that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh but anyway, gosh. but, you know, that's the kind of, you know, some of those things were funny, too. Right. And it, what harm did it do other than, yes, if they fall, fell off the tower? But, I mean, you know, there was no fence there. Right. So you could just go to the water tower and climb up it. But that's the kind of things he, he was did a, a lot of. And he was he was a character. Now, there's no two ways about that. <laughs> I used to love watching him on Superstars. Oh, yeah. But he was very athletic. He could do all that stuff. He was a, he could throw the discus. He could throw the shot put. He high jumped for us the whole bit. And he could. I brought a sprinter from Chicago, Conkles. And anyway, he could beat Conkles out of the blocks every time because he lifted so many weights. Now, he couldn't beat him very far. But when they had the pro league, they had a pro league for four years. Right. He was in that pro league. And at the end of every track meet, he ran 
the women sprinters that were in the Olympics, and he never lost a single time. That's wild. That's amazing. What is this guy's name? Brian Oldfield. You can Brian Google him. He passed away about two years ago. He was, in sport. He was on the cover of Sports oh, yeah. Illustrated. Oh, yeah. He I'm was learning. on the front page. With a shot putt. Yep. I'm learning all about these Murfreesboro And he was in the Olympics in stars. 1972 when in Germany. What was the big event in Madison Square Garden every year? I used to watch it. It was indoor. Yeah, well, they had the, the indoor track meet. Yeah. Yeah. That was, I used to yeah. always watch that as a kid. Oh, bro. yeah. Well, this has been a great show. I'm so excited that we had all these stories that's gone by so fast, Coach Hayes. I love it. And Keegan, I'm so excited that you are here tonight, and we're proud of you, and we're excited. So, Bill, why don't you thank our sponsors, yes. and thank everybody for listening, and thank you, Facebook. Thanks, everybody. For Thanks to Rhonda McCray with Iberia Bank Mortgage, Chris Rowland with Oakstone Builders, uh, David Mathis with Gallagher Guitars, Tabitha King with Regal Title, Meredith Thomas with Parks. Thank you all for joining us tonight. We'll be here live again next Sunday at 9 o'clock. For Michael and White, this is Mr. Murfreesboro. Good night. Gallagher Guitar Company has been building guitars since 1965. Today we build some of the finest guitars in the world on Walnut Street right here in downtown Murfreesboro. We provide educational tours on Saturdays or at other times by appointment. Whether an individual or as a family, you're sure to find it interesting. Call us at 615-801-8043 or visit our website at gallagherguitar.com. Grand Slam Collectibles is your place in Murfreesboro to buy, sell, and trade sports cards, collectibles, and memorabilia. Head over to their website only at GrandSlam.com. They're located at 1254 Northwest Broad Street. You can also reach them by phone at 615-809-2362 or become one of their over 30,000 followers on Facebook at Grand Slam Collectibles 615.